You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Welcome to the show. So today we are reviewing Napoleon Dynamite from 2004, and this is kicking off our rewatch month, which includes movies that we've enjoyed in the past, but perhaps haven't formulated a good enough opinion on in modern times. So um, I picked this one out because I originally watched it nearly 20 years ago, and uh, I wanted to see how it held up after maybe about 10 years from watching it Mm -hmm. uh, as well, because I think uh, we got this on Blu-ray when I was maybe in eighth grade or so, and we had a bout of watching it a few times, showing friends, and we all really enjoyed it. But then again, middle school and uh, high school humor versus, I guess, where we are at now might have changed since then, and we wanted to see how it held up. So uh, we have been on vacation, and uh, why don't you talk a little bit about our viewing experience? Well, first let me talk about our special guest that we have joining us this afternoon, Uh, Luke Say hello. Hello. Luke is being held hostage, uh, <laughs> joining us today. And um, we decided we were just going to watch this and take it all in, the three of us. Well, actually, others took it in, too, but we were doing it for the pod. And I think one of my first observations of this film, and I have seen it a time or two as well prior mm-hmm. to this viewing, is that this movie is very much like the sitcom Seinfeld. They always described it as the sitcom or the TV show about nothing, Mm -hmm. this film is pretty much about nothing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it takes place in Idaho. It's a very slice-of-life movie from a slow Midwest uh, sort of town and how life is different over there. And I kind of appreciate how the plot really meanders. Um, You know, everybody remembers Vote for Pedro, but that doesn't really become... And La Fonda. And and La Fonda. (laughs) But those really don't become significant until the movie really needs them to. Uh, There's no foreshadowing or no expert filmmaking here. It's just simply a movie that exists to exist. And um, it's kind of a miracle that this one got made. And it's also interesting that, honestly, one scene doesn't lead to the other in so many ways. Think about the scene while there... I I said this off the pod, but prior to... Well, early in the film, when... Napoleon is on the school bus and mm-hmm. he sits in the back and the kid says to him, what are you going to do today Napoleon? And Napoleon says whatever I want. <laughs> and, and he takes the action figure and he ties some kind of string or you know, wire to mm-hmm. it and he throws it out the bus window and it just drags along <laughs> the street behind them and there is no reference to that whatsoever yeah. in the film at all, and and that's what's kind of refreshing about it is mm-hmm. it is, um, it's very much its own experience. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this includes a cast of what was once newcomers and uh, people who I guess didn't really get way too much screen time in movies uh, later on. But overall, I think this was kind of uh, John Hedder, director and. Um, main star, Napoleon Dynamite's. What has he been in since? Uh, well, he also did Blades of Glory, and that was received oh. very well. 
So um, that movie is really funny. <laughs> that one had Will Ferrell in it, so I think he had a lot of promise early on, and I believe he also directed Nacho Libre. Hmm. So um, oh no way. Yeah, so pretty cool stuff there. Uh, but oh, did you say something, Luke? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I, I interjected a little bit because okay. I didn't want to ruin the flow that they have. No, going no, on there's here. there's no ruining anything here. Yeah. yeah. So what were your what were your thoughts upon rewatching this movie or going into it? I guess. Yeah. No. Um. You know. I think it's just as good as I remember. Quite honestly. Uh. To your guys's point, it's a movie about the mundane, which I think works in its favor to a certain extent. Because shockingly, even though nothing happens, I think characters still have arcs, which mm-hmm. is what I find is my favorite part of the movie. Specifically Kip, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for being an absolute loser as he is, um, chatting online with babes all day as he, as he tells Napoleon he does. Um, he actually has the largest character arc in the entire movie. Yeah, he ends, he, up moving, uh, he ends up moving elsewhere, and we'll get into that in spoilers a little bit later. But yeah. um, most people have probably seen this movie, if you're listening to this, but in case you haven't and you're thinking about giving it a go, um, do you want to uh, say whether you'd recommend it or not? Absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's a unique film. No, I was saying I absolutely want to say if I recommend it. All right, now... Would you? I do recommend it. <laughs> okay. Highly, in fact. It's 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 actually a delightful viewing experience. You just sit there in, in complete wonder. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> and that's um, fun. sometimes you sit there and you fall asleep, yeah. such as uh, my co-host here, for a decent, Two minutes decent at chunk the most. of the movie. Two minutes, four different times. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, um, yeah, this is definitely a movie that is uh, unique in its own right. It never really got any sequels or extra media aside no. of the and 2012 that's, what, that's one series. of the things that I think people most appreciate about the viewing experience mm-hmm. and the Napoleon Dynamite experience. Mm-hmm. It, it it's very self-contained. Yes, it does not need a sequel. It does not need a media uh, frenzy. It just lives on its own. Although yeah. the short-lived cartoon show was actually was very entertaining. Good. Yeah, yeah, that one surprisingly was good yeah. for what did it last about six episodes? Six and it was episodes gone. perhaps, but yeah. Um, and uh, it was kind of cool that this uh, Napoleon Dynamite, the concept was based on a short film called Palooka, oh. uh, and it got so much uh, attention that it was eventually being it was eventually able to be funded into a full-length movie. This was uh, this cost four hundred thousand dollars, and I think made about forty million or so. So that's incredible. Pretty pretty darn good. It found its niche audience. I'm about to find out what four hundred thousand dollars then is adjusted for today's inflation because I'm curious. Yeah. What certainly. year was it made? It was made in two thousand four, or at least that's when it released. So while I have um, the my two co-hosts sort of surfing the web right now, uh, I'll just ask the question here. We'll go into spoilers, although there's not a whole lot to spoil here, and I guess I already did by sharing the, that one scene. But yeah. let's talk about your favorite. Who's the most endearing character to you? All right. Or so who are the most endearing characters? I suppose this is more spoiler territory, okay, so well, you know well. the deal. Um, I'd say the most endearing character is, aside of Napoleon, probably uh, Pedro or Uncle Rico. Because, <laughs> you know, Pedro doesn't really say much. He does a lot while saying very little, but you can... It, it's funny, Napoleon and him are it's like two people that shouldn't necessarily work together and they don't get along like normal friends usually do right Mm -hmm. you know people who are hanging out with each other all the time they simply just enjoy being around each other without necessarily coming off as you know this whole buddy film or whatever but um it's two unlikely people 
coming together and making something great at the end, which I think everybody remembers. So, you know, Pedro, of course, wins the school presidency and Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite, um, you know, does that impromptu dance sequence for him. So I really liked I really liked Pedro as sort of like a supporting character and Uncle Rico. I'm sure y'all can discuss him a little bit, too. Luke, how about you? Oh, I, I think far and away the best character is La Fonda. Um, <laughs> Just because she's very endearing in terms of you know what she represents and also I guess how she progresses the story. Um, there's also a great post-credit scene which I think a lot of folks or some folks may have missed. Yeah, um, that includes Lafonda and Kip that uh, I think actually adds a decent a decent bit to to the story itself. Yeah, that is a lot of fun. I had not seen that before, by the way, this time before this time. So yeah, so you yeah. learn a little something new, but mm-hmm. I think post-credit scenes back in 2004 uh, certainly weren't uh, a widely accepted sort of gimmick of movie going. So it is neat that they added that if it wasn't at least some sort of deleted. Well, scene. it makes sense because they do it in the MCU, and now they're doing it in the uh, in the Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> cinematic universe. Cinema, thank you. That's it. Yes. <laughs> so I would say my the most endearing character for me is is uh, Deb. Yeah, I think she's really sweet, and um, it's kind of nice to see her. I'm not really sure there's a story arc there for her, but she is um, kind of a, a constant throughout the course of the film that is um, sad, but also supportive. Yes, certainly. Uh, she, Pedro, and Napoleon all become friends, and I think that's just sort of this fantastic start from when she was just trying to sell him stuff to gain money for college, and yeah. she got embarrassed, but... Overall, it happened that you know they all went to dance together and they became very good friends at the end. And I like how there wasn't really like a love arc between yeah. Napoleon and right. anybody else. I think Uncle Rico uh, was suggested to get some sort of um, love interest at the end, and of course Kip did too. So, oh yeah, <laughs> Noah, do you have a, a synopsis of this film available for our listeners? Because you know every one of them has already seen it, but um, I'm curious just because of what we've described as a film. With really no plot. Yeah. Uh, so the official synopsis for this film via Wikipedia is that um, uh, the film stars uh, Jer- John Hedder in the role of a titular character, uh, a nerdy high school student who deals with several dilemmas, befriending an immigrant who wants to be class president, awkwardly pursuing a romance with a fellow student, and living with his quirky family. Okay. So That's about it. Yeah. I mean... It's just, like we said, it's a meandering movie that has a lot of funny moments, and it, sometimes it's not even laugh out loud. It's just no, it's stuff, amusing. It's just stuff that, like... It's make, almost like comfort food. Yeah, I mean, it's really just kind of stupid, but in a good way. Yeah, I can completely agree with that, and, you know, as an additional thing, it's not like the movie winks at you, and it's just like, this is when you're supposed to laugh. Stuff simply happens. It's a little bit ridiculous. And you feel a little, almost a little uncomfortable laughing, not because it's inappropriate to laugh at, but it's just because it's just so unusual. Strange. It's yeah. just that it's like one of the shows without a laugh track. Yeah, you yeah. Know? right. It's it, it, which makes it that much funnier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, this is pretty interesting. Did you see that adjustment for inflation? Yeah, it's like just short of 650. It's like 644. Yeah. In today's money. So, so still a million? No, $644,000. Oh, oh, okay. So it was made for $400,000 and now it's about $650,000 oh, in today's money. I see. Okay. Just to just to clarify, 
he thought that Napoleon Dynamite today would cost $644 million. <laughs> oh, I thought that. Okay. I did not think that. I thought that you were saying something else. <laughs> Regardless, uh, this was a runaway hit for uh, MTV, which ended up producing uh, this film, which is good. And I think 2004 might have been the last time that MTV was pretty relevant, relevant? I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Um, because YouTube came out a year later, right. and that's where we got all the music videos. Yep. But um, overall, it's a great movie. Uh, it's funny without being, you know, side-splittingly hilarious like Airplane. But it's an enjoyable, unique, and I'd say very original movie that, you know, is self-contained. And we don't often get these days. It's, and it's also the kind of film where you don't have to sit there and evaluate the acting. No, you don't. Uh, they do a fine job, every character. But you're not looking for someone to, you know, outperform the other. Yeah. They just all go together. Yeah, I think relatively well. I think because nobody's trying to put together a dramatic performance. Uh huh. I think you can't. I don't judge La Fonda for best supporting actor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's interesting though because this movie has been polarizing. I'd say more people like it than don't, but for those who really don't like it, it's because they see it as just this nothing ridiculous film. And um, I. I I just think that's its strength. You know, you don't have to overanalyze it. The movie manages your expectations for you. Mm -hmm. I haven't even seen a trailer for what this would have been. I can't imagine what <laughs> it was like. But, you know, you're not going to go in expecting a super bad, or you're not going to go in expecting an airplane, something like that. Right. It's just things happen in this movie, and it's just special because of that. Yeah. You know? So how many Zs would you give it, Z? On a scale of one to five Zs. Uh, that is our scale. Yeah, just forget sometimes. Uh, I'm going to go with four Zs. Roughly Luke? equating to an eight. That's a good question. <laughs> well, I would probably say three and a half. Okay. Out of five. All right. I'm going to say, you know, I was going to say four. I was going to say three and a half. I'm going with four. This is really a very entertaining film that, is. you know, I don't have to think about in between viewings and still appreciate it each time I watch it. Yeah, I often forget about this movie, even though it was, you know, special and significant at one point in time. But throughout my three, I guess, eras of watching it, I've always enjoyed it. Yep. Always, always. So it's a reliably good film. Yep. All right, cool. Um, so are we moving on to we are. check it out? We are. What do you got? I have a book. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I'm reading a book. It's called The Last Summer Boys. Okay. And it's based in 1968. It's about um, brothers uh, who take in their cousin for the summer. And the older brother is turning 18, and he is uh, inevitably going to be drafted. So the youngest brother um, uh, creates a plan to, quote, make his older brother famous because the perception is that famous people are not drafted. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. So I think... Um I read at one point in time, uh, people didn't think Elvis would get drafted or yeah, like do service yeah. because he was so famous yeah. at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Did you see Elvis? The movie? I did not. Okay, I did. And you did too, Luke, right? I have. Gotcha. Twice. All right. Twice. So my check it out is, um, well, there was a point in time where a lot of people had movie pass, and that was the greatest thing since sliced bread. But like all things that are too good to be true... It eventually shuttered because it couldn't make any money, but with that birthed quite a few other unlimited movie services. I think there's AMC and Regal and I believe Alamo has something as well. 
But um, one interesting thing that Luke showed me was that you get rewards points from the Regal app. So if you go and see movies pretty consistently at one or two theaters, download the app for those movies if you're not already looking at showtimes ahead because you get points for it. And I know a lot of people think movies can be expensive these days and especially concessions, but the more movies you see, and even if you've seen, let's say, 10 in the past two years, uh, you build points for that. So you could easily get some free concessions with that as well or some other types of rewards that you might not know about. So take advantage of those offers uh, if you have any of the apps. And if you don't have the apps, uh, certainly look into that if you're looking to go to the theater. It's almost a hybrid check it out and public service announcement. Somewhat. Well done, Z. Sometimes, sometimes they are both, right? Luke, do you have a check it out? <laughs> um, I wasn't ready to share one, <laughs> but um, Lost Pirate Treasure of Adak Island on Netflix is actually very entertaining, right? Oh, well, what's that about? Um, it's, yeah. it's like a, a, a mini docu-series about some treasure hunters going looking for pirate gold uh-huh. on the Alaskan island of Adak. And uh, it's super, super quick watches. They're 21-minute episodes. Oh, my kind of show. Yeah. And How many know, episodes? Uh, 12, I think. Ooh. And they're only... The nice thing about it is they actually do find some things. That's um, cool. Well, it's, not like, it's not like the uh, Bigfoot thing where they're hearing a bunch of squatches. No, and they don't no. See but yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. What's the name of it again? Lost, tre- Lost Pirate Treasure of Adak Island. Mm. Interesting. Good stuff. All right. You should join us more often, Luke. Oh, wait. You are joining us for yet another episode. I am. All right. Well, something to look forward to. But thank you for listening to another episode of ZZ Talk. This is uh, number 77, so we're getting quite close to 80 with that consistency there. But uh, until next time, I'm Noah. I'm Greg. I'm Luke. And this is ZZ ZZ Talk. Talk.